get the mic. Honey, I got something to say. Ooh, I like that. Can you turn that up for me? No, like, it's Maja. But you know, Maj for short. <laughs> Ask Maj. What's up, what's up? It's your girl, Maj, and we are back with another episode of Eggs Maj, the podcast, where we are spilling all the real tea. I am so excited for today's interview. Um, Mr. Ferb over here is getting ready to drop some gems. This is a longtime friend of mine. Yes, you're getting ready to drop some gems. Um, Mr. Marcus Furby, an entertainment professional uh, who, <laughs> who packed up his stuff and moved all the way across the country to L.A., um, we call him Ferb. His name is Marcus Furby. So we call him Ferb. Um, welcome, Ferb. Before we get into it, welcome. Hi. Hey. So glad to be here. How you feeling? <laughs> I feel so good. I'm a little toasty. You know, the LA sun is out here. But... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, LA sun. It's the, it's, so if, y'all are, if y'all are watching this on YouTube, like I need you to get into the Hawaiian shirt for me. <laughs> get into the floral shirt. Um, I just so, got back from Hawaii. Oh, I love it. I love it. Ferb has been living his his best life. Oh. Um, so this is really special for me because Ferb and I go way back. We went to college together and our friendship has just blossomed um, since then. And so have our careers. And so it's been such a pleasure to watch Ferb, um, you know, just transition and blossom and just flourish um, in that LA entertainment industry. So Ferb, I, I want to hear from you. You know, LA has become, you know, this hot place, right? For people who are chasing their dreams. Um, you know, they're moving to LA to get into TV, to production, to entertainment. Why did you move to LA? <laughs> um, well, I think I think for me, um, I always wanted to work in entertainment. I've always wanted to be an entertainer. I've said this so many times. Um, but I think that like once I started to transition into college and started to understand like re- what I really like for real, I started to notice that the camera is dope, but I also got an attitude and you're not about to say action and I just snap into it. And so I knew that there was like a need um, for me to, I could still be in the space, in the entertainment space, but not necessarily be on the stage, in the cameras, um, holding the mic, but there was still so much work that needed to be done. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to LA. And I always tell people this, like, because people don't, people always ask themselves, LA or Atlanta, or why not LA? Why not Atlanta over LA? And I just like, the stages in LA are like, you serve a global stage in LA. In Atlanta, you serve a real national stage. And that global stage, man, it was making me excited. So yeah, excuse me. But yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a good point that you say that. I have a cousin who lived in Atlanta um, and he's been back and forth to LA. He kind of said the same thing. You know, Atlanta's more of a national kind of regional stage. Um, he used the word Atlanta famous, you know, but when you get to L.A., <laughs> you know, but when you get to L.A., it's it's more of a global stage. So I love how you mentioned that. Um, was it what you thought it was going to be? You know, when you talk about the global stage, was it what you thought it was going to be? How long have you been there? Let's start there. How long have you been in L.A.? Uh, I'm coming up on my year anniversary. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, and that's like physically here. Like, I think during my um, MBA program, I all of my internships, all of my fellowships were in L.A. So I was, and it, it kind of worked because COVID, so everything was virtual anyway, and they were moving to these virtual spaces. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, let me go ahead and turn it 
the television academy since y'all doing this virtual thing. Um, so yeah, we're coming up on my year anniversary of like being physically here, but like we've been we've been in the game in the space, talking to making connections since 2017, 18. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so was it what you thought it was? Was gonna was, be? Um, yeah, I think I think it's so much to get into. And so in so many ways, you don't really know. It's like that unknown factor. It's like you don't really know what you don't know until you walk into it. He was like, oh shoot. They do stuff like that. Oh, in order for me to go to a Hollywood Hills party that's not being aired on Real Housewives of Atlanta or Real Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I have to put these shoe covers on my feet. Oh, so that's how they do things. And so we started to, I started to recognize different things like that. Um, so what's it was what I expected? I expected it to be a whole bunch of shit that I did not know. I expected it to be like a whole bunch of um, and I made this analogy with my mom the other day. She was like, Mark, is this your first year not being in school since you was five? And I was like, girl, LA is school. I am learning every day. It's all a class. This person is a subject. Like, I'm trying to study. Like, it's all learning. Um, and I think that's what's like, what I, like, expected it to be. And that's exactly what it is. So, Yeah, I love that. I love that. Now, you did you wrestle with kind of moving to LA? Was this a, I'm going, I'm packing my stuff today, or was this something you kind of went back and forth with? And if it was, what was that moment where you were like, oh, I'm going. Like, no one's going to stop me. I'm going, I'm packing my bags, and I'm driving across the country to LA. Um, I probably reached that before that second part. Like, I'm going to LA, like, nobody's stopping me. Like, get out of my way. Like, I will press the gas pedal and run you over if you get in my way, because I'm going. <laughs> like, um, I think that's where I started. And I think becoming comfortable with that decision was like the thing that was like the wrestle. It was like, <clears throat> yeah, what what type of, and, and that's why I like, I love family and I love friends, but they are the quickest ones to like start to damper or start to like, lack of a better term, piss on your goals, ran on your parade. Like, they are the ones. And they don't even be trying to be doing it intentionally, for sure. My dad is, like, number one of, like... Um, but I think more so, I wrestled with that decision with that decision that I had made to, like, go. And so I was constantly going back and forth with my parents, constantly going back and forth with my friends. Hey, why don't you go up to... Why don't you go to Atlanta and enjoy Atlanta? You know, you're three hours from home. Why not just... Why do I all the way in LA? You know, my mom, well, I have to be at work at seven o'clock in the morning. We're never going to be able to talk because it's going to be like 10 at your set. And it's like, I get all of that. And so I think those were the decisions that I was wrestling with and coming to terms with which relationships I wanted to continue to foster, um, which relationships I wanted to just throw away, which which experiences I wanted to keep and 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 hold on to because they'll help me while I'm on my journey in LA, which experiences I just, just want to kind of just toss. Um, so that's probably more more so of what I wrestled with. I knew I was coming out here though. Yeah. <laughs> so what I mean, what was that moment for you where you were like, I'm going? Like forget what everyone else has said, I'm going. What was that I, moment I think, for you? I think it was when I was in New York. Like when I was in New York, I was like, and I think it's crazy because I already consciously made the decision to move to London while I'm in LA. In LA. When I was in New York a couple of years ago, working as a teacher and really like diving into that side of the entertainment space or like going to Good Morning America, like, 
invited my friend to New York City to finesse Fashion Week for a week. Like, we finesse all the parties, all the fashion shows. We got your looks, put your looks together. I'm going to be taking the pictures. I'll carry your bags if I need to. Like, I think that was when I made the decision. I was like, yo, I need to get to L.A. because everybody in New York, they work in L.A. and in New York. They in L.A., then they go back to New York. And so I was like, yeah, I wanted to go out there. Um, But then also that love of, like, award shows and live shows. Like, I was so eager to be a part of those. Um, When I was in New York, I was like, yeah, like, this is the decision. I have to get there somehow, some way. And so I was talking to a mentor one day. He was like, um... Yeah, you know, out in L.A., the only people that get paid on the front end are the attorneys and the accountants. And I was like, well, well I need to be one of them because I don't want to get paid on the back end. And that's when I went back to uh, A&T and got my master's in business in accounting. I was like, yeah, time. So, yeah, it was it was a decision that just came out of like, And that's why I think it's important for people to dream and to do different things and, and to be in spaces because there's so many times where it's like a light bulb goes off in your head and you're like, Ooh, how would that be if I did that full time? Or how would that be if I even just took that leap to try it out? Um, so yeah, that's where we are. We're still dream chasing out here. We're still dream chasing. I love that. <laughs> now, you know, you, before you mentioned um, doing some fellowships and some internships that were in LA. Now, I know you did the HBCU in LA program. And then a couple of the other ones you talked about were virtual. So the Television Academy. Do you feel like those experiences helped you transition into this cross-country venture? <laughs> 100. 100%. And like, even if like, cause sometimes I go back and forth with myself about it, like not really like getting truly the, the hands-on experience. So like, oh shoot, the client is in Australia and they need to be in LA in three days and you can't figure out how to get them there. Like the flight that lands in LA lands at 2.50. They gotta be on the stage at four o'clock and they gotta get glam. So where are they gonna, where is glam gonna happen in between those, I think those experiences I didn't really get, but in terms of building that network, building those connections, having people that are anticipating your arrival, having people that are anticipating a lunch with you. And this is not like, because people always say, you know, you have to, you need a network, you need a network um, across. And I love that. Like, absolutely. Like, I'm, these are people I'm in the room with all day. Of course, I'm networking with them. It's the network up that you have to maintain, foster, ask the right questions. You don't have a bunch of time with these people. These are paths that you want to go down. And so being able to have those networks up, but then also maintaining those connections that are like around you and in the same space that you're in, I think are important. And that's exactly what those years gave me over anything else. It gave me an experience. I was able to look and theorize some of the things that I was going to be working on. But in terms of like just being out here, it's like, oh shit, you work in the, uh, you work in the Megan Good event tomorrow? I know they got a, I know they got a budget. I know they got a budget. I'm trying to get in. Let's see if we can slide me in that budget. Like, and that's from a connection that I made two years ago online. Like, it's like those things and those people. And, and that's why, that's why it's important to get out here to make, to make your reputation strong and to like be intentional about the reputation that you want to set. No, I don't care about what everybody's thinking about me, but there's a certain, certain list of character traits and certain list of the qualities that I want to be inside of. So, um, yeah, no, I was excited. 
<laughs> yeah, I love that. And I, I love how you mentioned, you know, networking up. Um, and I want to ask you one more question kind of about your transition to L.A. And I really want to get into some production convo. Um, but what would you say? I know you've dealt with some hardships since you've been there. So what would you say when you think of everything from your transition into, you know, the living environment, the people, your career? What has been sort of the biggest challenge for you? Was this a culture shock coming from, you know, Greensboro, North Carolina. <laughs> uh, culture shock, no. Um, challenges for sure, like, and um, you, our friend Jeff Ryan talks about, he used to say this all the time when we were in school, fail fast. Like, that was one of the things that was, like, in the front of my mind when I came out here. I was like, let me go ahead and just hit rock bottom. Let me try to figure out where the bottom is, see if I can manage that. Um, so that kind of leads me into what I wanted to say about managing or my challenges. I think the biggest, the greatest challenges, the greatest challenge that I faced being in LA is like being able to manage the ups and downs, being able to not get too rowdy over the ups. Cause I've had some crazy moments, like look up and it'd be like, Oh, we going to brunch. And then you look at the brunch crew and it's like, Oh shit, that, that ain't no normal brunch attendee like what but then at the same time there's been like some crazy lows where it's like yeah you can your boss is laying you out you've been getting laid out all week over some shit that happened two weeks ago and it's just like yeah it hits your confidence yeah it hits your self-esteem but at the same time it's like it's a million dollar business you over here running and it's one man doing bringing in all the cash flow and you his assistant so how could you not how could you not take the things that he does very seriously? Um, and so, like, I think for me, the one of the greatest challenges about being in L.A. is just manage, being able to manage those ups and downs, being able to look at my current moment and say, you know, this does not necessarily define me. But at the same time, being humble enough to when you get those amazing experiences to be like, yeah, this ain't the one. I ain't made it. You ain't made it. And so... <laughs> just like really falling into that. And I mean, and that balance spans because in LA, you work so much. Why well, am I even gonna say in LA, you work so much? Where I wanna be, I gotta work hard. I gotta do a lot of work. I gotta do a lot of tedious shit. I gotta look at Excels when my eyes are going cross sided. I gotta be able to look at, I gotta be able to type speeches. You asking for a bio, I still ain't got, but it's on my radar. Like, it's like, there are things that I need to do to work hard. I need to be working. I need to be doing these things because in 30 years, I mean, it, when I turn 30, I don't want to be working like this anymore. When I turn 40, I don't want to be working like this. I want to have my assistant go and run around the city to figure out those bottled waters. Like, I, like, <clears throat> but I think that's like my biggest challenge of, it's just like managing all of that, trying to become a better person at the same time while you're trying to develop this career, trying to heal from your past traumas, trying to, you know, foster those good quality relationships from back home, you know, and being intentional about those things. Um, so, yeah. 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 Real life. Real life. I love that. Um, so, so kind of getting in, into this production combo, right? You, you, <laughs> you know, I love some production job. Yeah. I love it. I love okay. it. I love it. So you, you like, given, you like, <laughs> so you have given us some examples, just like, as you, you know, talked about your experiences in LA so far. And I really want to break this down for, for our listeners. Um, 
So in the beginning, you talked about, you know, moving to L.A., you know, to get into production. You said, oh, you know, you were super interested in TV, but then you're like, oh, I have an attitude. So when we think about the production piece that you, um, I guess, wanted to be in and are still chasing, what does that look like? Like, what is what is production that you want to be in that you are interested in? Like, what piece of that? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, like, um, and you ask this, it's so hard for me to narrow it down sometimes because I want to do all of that shit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But no, mainly mainly live production and production managers of live events, um, producers of live events. Um, Will Packer is very inspirational, just how he like took the Oscars and was like, yo, I'm about to make this as black as I can make it. Like, it made the whole producing staff black. Everybody filtered down. That's how my black butt got in there. Like, it's just like everything filtered down. Like, I want to be able to make calls like that. Like, open the doors and provide people opportunities in those spaces. And so, like, every live event, every live show I'm on, like, I'm trying to kill it. Like, assistant producers, hey, can you run, can you look over this running show for me really quickly is for the the event tomorrow with I don't fucking know Will Smith and it, oh yeah let's let me send it on over I'm gonna go ahead and get it time uh, just because those are spaces that I really want to be in I want to be in that booth like I want to be able to call those shots when I'm working with the Oscars like some of those screens some of those technical things I never seen in my life like it was just like just. And for an example, one of the one of the ladies that I was supporting, um, her screen was like turning down all of the bright lights on the stage, on the screen. And she had to send it to somebody else in order for that person to send it to somebody else, in order for that person to send it to ABC in order for it to be live. And so when I understood that whole conglomerate of like producers and people working in production and camera operators, and I was just like, that man over there. That fog machine man guy, he when I tell you he was on it, he had it down to the second of when he was pressing those buttons. And it's things like that where it's just like, wow, people don't know how much it took to create this beautiful, spectacular show, this hour show, hour-long show. And so that's the 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 area of production I want to be in. I want to be in the live spaces. I want to be doing those 30-minute, two-hour sound checks. I want to be in there. So yeah. Save me a seat, front row, honey. Front <laughs> row, make sure you have two reserved tickets. I two reserved tickets. Um, no, but you know, that's really interesting because, you know, that's not something that, you, like you said, like the common person knows. Someone who's not um, well-versed in production, you, you don't know how much, you know, those things take. All we see is the end result, right? Like, so when we're watching mm-hmm. the Oscars, the billboards, you know, things like that. I, you know, I don't mean to cut you off, but like ahead. people say, people people talk about it all the time. Like, I, well, I used to talk about it all the time. I'd be like, it's three people in front of the camera and there's 60 people behind this camera. What are these 60 people doing? And like, let me figure out how to finesse one of those careers. Let me figure out how to finagle and get my get my experience and my skill up for somebody to be like, oh, this is one of the 60 positions. This is what I need to be in. And that's what I, that's another thing I got to like lean into in my entertainment, in the, when I worked at the management firm because I'm looking at these documents that has the whole list of people that are on the team and it's like everybody got a budget line everybody got a budget line and it's like yep let me go ahead and figure out what put mine in here too get my budget because (laughs) 
Well, okay, I'm sorry to get that stuff. No, you're fine. Go, no, you're fine. Go and get your budget line. Okay, so so you you mentioned the 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 firm, right? I want to talk about that. I want to talk about your path a little bit. So when you got to LA, um, you started working uh, as an assistant at a management firm. Um, so talk about is that right? Did I have no? That's no. not right. Okay, that's so tell us. Close. Okay, so tell tell us about the beginning when you uh, first got to LA. What was the first position that you held? I'm gonna try to make it short, but okay. in the entertainment industry, um, the management firm was the first thing I okay. was the first thing I booked. But it's important to also notice that I leveraged my teaching career. I was a third grade teacher at a little um, Hollywood Hills private school. Yes, how did I forget that? Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, mom, that's why I really got to look at watch celebrity kids live their lives. More importantly, teach celebrity kids, uh, work with celebrity parents, basketball players. uh, Like, I'm just like, it was the connection to the nannies that just made me, it was like, oh, so everybody got a nanny on file. Okay, well, let's go and let's nanny this up. Then who are you? You, Oh, you are nanny. Listen, First, the first opportunity of getting into the, uh, but it, I also think it's important to leverage what you got. Like when you come out here, a lot of people just be coming out here with no plan, no organization, no nothing on their mind. They're just like, ah, shoot, I'm gonna just wing it. Like I was like, nah, we're gonna take this education degree and we're gonna go ahead and figure out how to finesse it. Crazy, it's month of my life. Maybe like a weekend, I got the call from the management firm and they were like, Oh, I didn't even say before that, before that, I was working at the grocery store. <laughs> I was working at the grocery store. Child, and that lady said she needed, she needed somebody with a degree and they're young to be, to work, to work. That was you. Shift, and that girl, was that you. Was, what? She said, I'm going to pay you $20 an hour. Come on to the grocery store. I was like, sign me up. And I even, I even tried to finesse that while I was working at school, but I did. And again, this goes back to me developing this culture in my mind of the hustle and the bustle and the work that needs to be done because I, again, I know I hear a lot of people say they don't want to work their whole, they don't want to work and it shouldn't be this hard at the end of the day. I don't want to work my whole life. You can work a me, you can work a mediocre job for 30 years or you can bust it out, go hard for 10, go hard for 15 and then be in Jamaica every other weekend. I don't want to be in Jamaica. I, I, it's crazy how I'm like shifting, but no. Um, so yeah, so we, we did, the grocery store was cool. Um, again, hustle and bustle and all while I was doing these things, I was making connections. I was at celebrities houses. I was connecting, I was doing my thing, you know, really trying to be in these spaces. Um, and after that went to teach and then I started at the management firm. And then after that, when I started at that management firm, it was like the doors just opened up in terms of like the abilities to be able to connect in the space. You have the Oscars, you have celebrity parties. Of course, all the managers at my firms are millionaires or majority of them. I don't know the, the true numbers, but most of them are millionaires and they live in these huge homes. They have these huge parties. They have these huge clients. You got I mean, I had a manager come to me one day and was like, yeah, I heard you put a deck together for a client the other day. And I want Zach Efron as my client. So can you put that deck together? And I was like, oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. But you like it, it just be things like that. That opened the door for so much. Um, and so I think it, it, that goes back to and what, what I want to do. I'm going to let you get into that later. But it opened the door for a lot. And I think it's important to leverage um, who you are, what you do before you make a decision like this, because 
it's real easy to hit rock bottom. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So speaking of the, the management firm that, that you were working with, right? And you talked about, you know, wanting to work hard. How did you choose your path? Like what, what in your mind said, okay, this is how I'm going to start. Or was, was that organized? Um, yeah, like, um, that's my answer just changed in my head. Yeah. So I think that I was going to say something that I'm going to just stick to what is in my mind, because I think this is so true. Um, I don't think I knew, like I knew I wanted to be in the entertainment industry. I knew I wanted to work on live production. I just did not know the entry point. It did make sense to me. There were so many people working. Do I reach out to the communications person? Do I reach out to the producer? Do I reach out to the, like, who do I connect with? Who do I spend my time with? Who do I go to dinner with, lunch with? And so I think that that was another benefit of HBCU in LA um, because they, very, very instrumental in drawing out the landscape, you saying what you wanted to do and then them trying to support you in developing that map to it. Um, and so, <clears throat> and that's why I, I, I think a, a lot of people, especially when the program started, they were like, well, we, we, what are we going to get out of this since we aren't in LA? What are we going to... When I remember the founder, she told us on the first day, she was like, yo, you're going to get out of this as, as much as you put into it. Like what you put into it, you don't get out of it. And so I took that as, a, okay, well, let me just do it. Like, let me, I ain't got nothing else to do with this pandemic. I ain't, you know, <clears throat> I'm at the house. Um, and so, yeah, I started having coffees with random, you know, recent college grads. I'm like, yo, let's meet up for, let's go get some takeout at the bar, come home and let's eat it. And let's, you know, have a 30 minute chat about like just what we want to do. Um, and so I think that they were really instrumental in fostering that roadmap, that pathway, if you will. Um, and so I took it. A lot of times it didn't really work. Um, like I got my first job meeting a girl at a Casamigos mixer. Like we we just here for tequila. And we happened to have a conversation and then it was like, oh shoot, I can connect you with my company. Next thing you know, like literally less than a week, I had a job. Like being in that space um, connected me to that path. And then once I got there, then it was like, okay, now you can really start to figure out how you want to navigate. Because I got there, it was like literary assistants. There were talent assistants. There was Lisa Vanderpump. When I found out Lisa Vanderpump's manager worked at my firm, I was like, oh shoot, who was her assistant? That is. And then I found out he was one of the only black boys in the company. I was like, oh my God, like we are about to be best friends we want. Um, yeah, so like that that pathway was really, it was it was fostered for sure um, by HBCU in LA. Um, but I had to really get in and start doing the work to really see where, where I wanted to be, what I wanted to do. And I think that, I think that, that also is a lot of soul searching for self. In this industry, like you gotta know kind of where you wanna be because there's so much shit to do. And to be honest, most of the things, a lot of the things that entertainment industry people need, I don't wanna say this, I don't wanna hurt nobody's feelings when I say this, but it's low skill. It's like anybody can do this shit. Like even at my company and my management firm, I used to have, and my, this is not nice. My manager should not have said this all the time, but he would say, you know how many people want your job? You know how many people want that job you got? You know how many people want that spot? And I used to be like, 
every time he would say that to me, it would go, I know there are plenty of people who would love to have Holly Berry's address and taking her a flower bouquet just to be like, hey, this is some from CBS. Like, there's so many people who would love to do that. Um, and so, like, it, it was an eye-opener for me um, to really kind of, like, be confident in what I wanted to do um, so that I could, like, be intentional and and, and land it. Yeah. Like we say in our, like we say in, at work, set. That means set. Oh my God. That means set. Hey, girl, we got to reset, girl. You know, we worked all week trying to get this exec on board. Now he got coffee. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I, I love the idea that, you know, you kind of knew what you wanted, right? Like you had the dream, you knew what you wanted. Um, and then you were just kind of searching for that entry point. Um, and so once you and not stop until I do constantly right, right. saying in my head, your yes is coming because you get so many fucking no's. Yeah, yeah, that's that's real. Now, once you got into the entry point, like once you gained entry into the entry point, how did you continue to move forward? What did the opportunities look like after that? And then what opportunities did you get while you were there? Um, I'm telling you, like, there's so many fucking opportunities that, like, at my company, like. I'm going to stop cussing, too, because I know um, your dad's a pastor. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, no, like, there's so many opportunities. And I think that that was, like, that's another reason why you had to kind of be intentional about it. Because at work, we work in the entertainment industry where managers are often giving you tickets to go check out a talent. Um, you're often being put in a realm where it's like, I got 20 scripts. I need to narrow it down to five by Friday. Um, I need you to read all 20 by Friday. Um, you also need to do your day-to-day, sir. So get your day-to-day done too. Um, and so like, there were so many opportunities and I think that you just really had to choose and be intentional about that choice. So if you wanted to be I, at my company, for example, if you wanted to be a literary, if you want to be an assistant for a literary manager or a manager that's managing content or scripts, different things like that, like Toy Story, and um, which is one of the big movies that was being managed at my company. Um, you got to be able to read fast. And you not only got to be able to read fast, you got to know how to pick stuff out. You got to know how to type. So you got you to know how to turn stuff around. If you want to be a talent manager, which... I want to manage talent. So of course I want to be a talent manager assistant. Um, you gotta, you gotta be able to build relationships with people. You gotta be able to text them back when they text you. You gotta be able to like, you gotta be able to, you gotta recognize that I want this person's experience to be good from when they leave their house to when they return to their house. And so I need to be thinking of all the puzzle pieces in between. Like there were so many things I had to like really understand before I could like really choose what I wanted to do. But then also you had like production managers at my company. You had, um, of course you had different nuances at the firm. You had the accountant firm who was managing so many different projects. They are managing breakdowns. They're managing budgets. Like the over here on, on the other end, you had HR who was literally HR in the entertainment industry. In my opinion, is like gold, because these motherfuckers are the chief of all chiefs of casting. They cast so many people throughout the year. People don't even realize, yeah, I'm casting an, an accountant. But it took us a long time to find that accountant. It took us a lot of money to find an accountant. 
And so you got, you had glam squad departments. You had, like, there were so many different areas of, of spaces that you could be in. I'm telling you, as on the assistant level, all that work can be done. All that work can be done. You just got to be willing to do it. You got to be waking up in the morning. I used to, it's funny, I used to meet my, my boss downstairs. I knew kind of when he would come in. So I meet him downstairs in the lobby, like, on my iPad, going through morning notes. We gonna ride this elevator up, honey, because I'm gonna go ahead. We all figure it, figure out what what we got going for the day. Cause listen, listen, I ain't about to be y'all ain't about to find me. <laughs> Look, because, I love that. That's the type of stuff you see on the movie when the assistant be with their manager riding up the elevator. But but to to that point on the movies, and I think movies are definitely fictitious. But like the way people be, yeah. the way these movies sometimes write scripts for these assistants, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm, sure can. See, I saw I was watching a movie the other day, and girl was like, she had ordered lunch for her boss and herself, and then another dude came running downstairs, and he had was he was like, shoot, I forgot to order lunch for my boss. Can I have that lunch for for my boss? And so what they ended up doing was she took she gave her lunch to the other boss and then she took her of course her boss's lunch upstairs i was like that is such some assistant shit like forgetting to order your boss lunch and then going and going and saying this is the guy <laughs> and if they cuss you out for it you already you could you already anticipated the cuss out because you forgot but you really just trying to make this shit happen like you really just trying to make it happen so but yeah, and I think that's a lot of what the work is. It's really yeah. making it better. Low yeah. skill. Um, it can be low skill. It can also be like, I'm telling you, the best assistants are the ones that can flip. They can move. They they got skills that your butt ain't even realized was a skill. Like, this girl's <laughs> connected six calls and she, she finishing this email on the way back. And I think that was a lot of the stuff that I had to learn how to do. Not to mention, she just drove 45 minutes up the street so she could pay for her boss's parking and then come back. And it's like <clears throat> making it happen. Um, but yeah. God gonna bless you real good. God gonna bless you real good. So I'll you pray. you you have since transitioned. He gonna bless you real good. You have since transitioned from Management 360. So talk about some of your opportunities after um, now that you've left the firm. Uh, well, I spent um, since I've been away from the firm, I've been vacationing. Uh, okay. So. Um, and I say I say that I say that real loosely. I don't want I don't want to like get too crazy into I left the firm because I want to go back. Like it's mm. it's crazy. I I really I see myself going back, but I also see myself going back in a certain mindset, in a certain role. Um, so not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but ever since then, you know, I ran into a friend hanging out at the pool. She was like, "Yo, we got a Megan Good event in two days, and we need somebody on guest services." Um, or which guest relation? Some dealing with the guests. You know, they always have fancy titles in LA, and it's just like, yep. If it has to do with the folks, put me on it, honey. Put me on it because I can hang. Um, so we did that event. It was crazy. I was I didn't realize I would be running so much at that event. I thought I was gonna get a picture with Megan Good. <laughs> I didn't get no pictures. Um, but again, that goes back to the work and the connections that needed to be done. Like, yeah, necessarily. The check was small, um, or I ain't gonna say it was small, but 
Raining LA, it's expensive. And if I didn't have a full time, we, we know we might need it. But no, um, but the important thing for me is to be in the room with those executives. Yeah. It was to be in the room with people who have been doing this shit, who know how to do this shit, who you really want to know your name because you want to do this shit too. Like it's all, all of it, all of it comes back to the work. Like, and that's what my, my whole thought process and being in LA because people get caught up in the, this person fake, this person don't do this. And I just be like, okay, yeah. If I was an engineer, I'd still run into some fake hoes. Like it doesn't, ma- I mean, not, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who, you know, who you're running into or where you, where you're working, you're going to run into those things. Um, it's just a matter of who wants to do the work, who's yeah. not trying to get the, who's not so desperate about the picture with Megan, with Megan Good. Oh, I would have been desperate about the picture, so I guess I wouldn't have got. Yeah, that. me too, me too. I was desperate too. That's why I was so mad when I left. I know, but so you, like, like you said, you was put in the work, so that's what matters. Um, and speaking of the Megan Good opportunity, you know, you you've gotten a, a chance to do some really cool stuff since you've been there, and one of them has been the Oscars. Um, you know, it was so cool to live vicariously through you on Instagram. Because uh-huh. uh, B... I got a picture of Beyonce at the Oscars. Oh, my God. You know, I'm <laughs> making my screensaver and tell people I went to the Oscars. Tell us about that experience from... from I want to hear it from the production side, like the business side, but then like the fur personal, just like being at the Oscar side. Like, what was that like for you? So let's start with... I love me some me, so I'm going to start there. Um... For for the Ferb side, like I think I was just like like all the way up until like I, I mean anticipation was like because we we knew the team about hmm, a month and a half, two months out. And so you know you guys started on the things that were going to be happening in the space, um, whether that was something as simple as. Um, something as simple as doing your COVID test. And then it could be also something so complex as making sure you understand the roadmap of how to get in this bitch because <laughs> this, this bitch is closed off. Like, and that was like, that was like a lot of the big, the big experiences. And so like, I was diving into that. I was loving that. I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be a part. I was I, every email I got to say Oscars exclamation point exclamation point. I was like, Whoop, let me open this one. Like, what? I'm sitting at my desk. 150 emails come in a day, but I get that one email from the Oscars. I'm all of those emails can just wait. They can all wait. I'm actually doing one of what this say do. And so I think I was just so grateful. I walked in. What was your role? I'm sorry to cut you off, but what was your role while you were there? Talk about that too. Okay, I'll talk about that as well. Um, Not really how much sure how much I can say, um, but I'm going to talk about that as well. Uh, But I think for the 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 big portion of who I was or what I was doing, I was just like entering with a a mind of gratitude. Like this is a this is an amazing experience. It's an amazing opportunity. Some people work so hard to get to this level, like and don't even make it out of their hometown. I eat my cousin. I'm trying to convince, so I. Go, bro. Like, forget everything. Every time I call him, it's a, it's something else. I'm like, did you really need to go to the grocery store that bad? You could have saved that hundred and fifty dollars and some noodles, noodles so you can move out there. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with no. noodles. And noodles. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing wrong. Um, but no, from the first time, definitely just took a uh, attitude of gratitude. Walked in. Um, my official 
grow supporting production. Let's just go there with it. Okay, that works. Um, uh, and that's live production. So in this space, um, uh, because you know you have so the Oscars people don't know this. There's so many production booths. There's a comedian production booth. There's an ABC production booth. There's a camera production booth. There's so many different booths of like people working. And sometimes, most of the time, they aren't in the space. So I was on um, in that live production space where you know we're looking at fog flying out of the sky. We're looking, even when the Will Smith thing happened, it was so funny because I missed it because in the booth, shit was going crazy. Niggas couldn't get no angles. <laughs> um, like, it was it was crazy. Um, but yeah, like, in the space. And I think, I think for me, just understanding production, again, like, I was coming from that lens of, like, learning and gratitude. So I was watching what everybody was doing. I was picking up on what everybody was doing. I was recording. They asked us not to record, um, full clips. So if there's Will Smith is, or let me not use Will Smith. Um, Serena and Venus are on the stage and they're doing their monologue. That's just not to do film the whole monologue, but if we wanted to do short clips, girl, I was stopping that thing and starting it back up. I was like, it might not be a whole video, honey, but we're going to get this whole minute in 30 seconds. Uh, no, but... Um, I really just was entering in the space of gratitude and, and learning and like recognizing that this is my current state. And if I want to be one of those motherfuckers that are down there, if I want to be the, one of those professionals, those people that are down there doing those things, I have to be able to, I have to be willing to be in the space, number one. And then I also have to be like ready to to move and groove because them both, even the ones sitting down, them fingers was ready to go cue left. They was, I mean, they were so ready. The Oscars was such a nicely oiled machine. And people don't, I tell people, I was telling people the other day, like you look at awards like the Grammys and it's like, after being in the Oscars booth, they are not hitting on this main screen. Like, Sis has 16 screens to choose from to send to ABC. Wow. Three seconds to do it. Like, Three seconds to choose the angle that she choose the the lock in that she wanted, and it's just like when you look at things like that, and, and everybody needs to be in place. Like everybody, even each of the nominees. It was so interesting. Each of the nominees for all the academy for all the awards. Um, it was, uh, don't quote me on this, but I think it's like five or six um, nominees for each award. And so each award, it didn't matter. What was going on? When it was time after the hostess or whomever does these are the nominees, 15 seconds before that, each each nominee had a camera, two angles on them, two angles, two direct angles on them. And so you know what that means? The production running show was crazy. Like it was like people are, I know exactly who I'm going to. I'm going exactly where I'm going to. I know exactly who I'm going to. And when you can do stuff like that, it makes people in the booth, their job so much easier. It's like, girl, you know you got how many options? Just take one. Take one at this point. And I think that that speaks to just the level of production and the level of professionals that were in that room. That's why it also made me mad when Will Smith hit that man. I mean... Wow, so you missed it? Girl, all I heard was boom. <laughs> because it was like, I didn't even hear the slap. I just heard the mic go boom. Like, because 
Okay, so let me just kind of give you my rundown. This is from my perspective. Give us a rundown. Nobody else can, you know, whatever they want to say, this is my perspective. So I'm sitting here, I'm, you know, watching the show as normal, you know, my screen's right here, just doing my little thing. Um, out of nowhere, the lead lady who's sitting on the, who's listening to all the camera guys, because all the camera guys in her head, like she's literally just picking their angles, picking the one to send to the one that was doing the, the bright and enlightening and stuff. Um, out of nowhere, she backs up from the booth and her headset comes out. So now I hear camera one, camera six. I don't have a shot. Do we don't have a shot? Camera four, we don't have a shot. Camera six. I'm like, what is going on? Out of nowhere, I realize that they are trying to get a clear shot of Will Smith because they don't have it. All they have is Chris Rock. All they have is a clear shot because again this is a nicely oiled machine like this machine is so oiled that when that man starts counting down five four three two one you got people like tiffany haddish and um you got real live celebrities running to their seats because they recognize the power and the decorum of this space like they understand it they get it so much you got glam squads coming out of course they're only touching up the people that are like the fame the a-list celebs glam squads coming out they rushing back camera like so much is happening in 10 seconds anyway um girl camera comes out i'm we listening to everything there's no clear shot of will smith out of nowhere boom that's what i hear we look up finally get the shot of will smith walking back now because the camera was already pointing on chris rock and so when will smith turned around to walk down the stage now you have a shot and now it's starting to calm down but now it's like what the fuck just happened? Like, when I tell you the air in that room, you could cut it with a knife because everybody was confused. Like, everybody was like, what in the world just happened? Like, and I used Tiffany Haddish before. I saw her running across the, running across the stadium trying to get to school. And I'm like, and then while she's trying to get to school, then you got Tyler Perry over here Going up to Will Smith, giving him a pep talk. Then on the other end, you got Samuel Jackson. Oh, not Samuel Jackson. I always say Samuel Jackson. Um, the other guy giving Chris Rock a Come on, pep Denzel. talk. Was it Denzel? No. Denzel. Denzel. Yes. Giving uh-huh. give everybody else, giving uh, Chris Rock a pep talk. And I'm like, yo, this is, I think this is for real. This is for real. I'm so mad because my phone has died at this point. I, I can't even. <laughs> All them clips. Nobody All them clips. <laughs> my phone has died. I got back to my phone. 155 text messages from people like, did that really just happen? Listen, I don't. It happened, but I don't know if it was planned or not. Because again, like we, I look when I look back at the planning process and how everything happened, it, those comedians on the stage everybody is getting fed jokes. And so I was like, there's no way he got fed an insensitive joke. There's no way he got fed that. But at the same time, I don't know what he got fed. Like, I'm just saying, I'm just a little, little old me with the little check. Like, <laughs> right. How'd you get in here? See, fellas. <laughs> okay. Child, put me on that. That's where I'm at. That's what level I'm on. And so, um, yeah, it was that was I didn't see that, but it was it was crazy, crazy moment, crazy. Scene. Yeah, yeah, that's wow. What was it like seeing B in the flesh? <laughs> <laughs> I was so yes. nervous. I was so nervous, and I don't even understand why I was so nervous because I was I was really far from her. Like 
really, if we're thinking about distance, let's think about Harrison Auditorium, the stage. Beyonce was sitting on the stage and I was in the booth, like in Harrison. Oh, okay, you were far. She was kind of, she was a little far from me. Um, but that did not stop her from being stunning. That didn't stop me from trying to get a pick. That didn't stop me from on the commercials break getting a little closer just so I could. <laughs> like, <laughs> but being in that room, because it was crazy because I didn't even realize for real that she was doing, that she did her show live. That yeah. was like, to me, that was it was special. And so when I heard that she was doing it live, I was like, she's definitely not coming to the show then. Like, no, because it was crazy. Them trying to connect all the audio and the video. And, you know, I learned that about artists and about talent. Some talent can come with they track and the words. <laughs> Some talent can come with they track and the words. You got other talent who come with uh, the mic, the words, the production lighting team, and the dancers. And so now you as award show live production person, now you got to fit all of this into the play. Beyonce was like, I'm sending y'all a plug. This plug needs to work on your end because everything working over here on my end. We good over here. <laughs> Y'all need to be able to plug that into the system. We already got the satellite connected to your building. We got to connect to our building. We are we are ready to go over here. And that was like, yes. And if you're not gonna be in the space, Beyonce, do it like this. Cause ain't nobody has no one has to worry about your performance. Right. You got people the we don't talk about Bruno. These they scared the tables gonna break when the dancers start dancing on the tables. Then they go and talking about this is a this is so expensive. We could let's have them dance on the floor. And it so many problems when Beyonce was like, I'm actually not even gonna give you all the options to figure out what my show is. Right. Plug it in. Plug it in. Um, I learned that about award shows, and that was like one of the most shocking things to me. That talent, some of them really come with they shit not together. Okay. We I mean, just all over the place. But yeah. others. Others come with, I mean, and depending on who you are and what you're doing, you can have a person that's doing stage hands. You can have a person, you can have a, a crew, a team of people who are doing these things. Yeah. You got backup singers and you got, you got singers that are coming in and they're like, no, we don't want to use you all's mics. We want to use our own. Yeah. And I always wonder why, like, on award shows with people like Beyonce or people like Sierra, they have these special mics, these gold mics, these... And it's because these, the talent is coming with it. They like yeah, we don't want right. to black. We right. want to be nice and shiny. Yeah, um, right. But yeah, seeing Beyonce was freaking amazing. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Now, now you 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 touched on this a little bit, but what was your biggest takeaway from being in that room and being behind the booth? There's just so there's so many moving parts. Like Marcus, you can you have to remain humble. Yeah. Even the biggest of the biggest. I mean, from Will Packer, producer, who we never saw. Um, even him, like mm. Will Smith. It does not matter how big, how small you are. In that room, everybody is depending on somebody else to do their job. And I think for me, that was the biggest takeaway. Marcus, do your job. Be the person that they need you to be. Sis needs you to plug the plug and hustle to the plug. Right. <laughs> hustle. 
get there. Like, and I think that that was um, for me just being in a room and also do your job. Yeah, yeah. What's next for you? What's next? What's next, honey? You know this LA. You know this LA, honey. I think the biggest thing for me um, up next is just so I, I just really want to continue to learn. I want to continue to make connections and be in the spaces with people. Um, we have the Emmys coming up. Like it's like huge for me. We have the Emmys coming up. Ah, no, no, because I was a fellow at the tele at the television academy. So finally being able to be in a space and work and put some names to faces. I'm so excited about that. Um and yeah, getting closer with my friends, mending relationships with my parents, uh leaning into my man. Like there's just so much that I'm it's all coming up for me. <laughs> yes, so much coming up. And I'm just I'm just so excited. Um I'm so thankful. I want, I'm, I'm, let me just go ahead and get this out before I run time right now. Thank you, Masha, for being so amazing, for being so great, for constantly just like pouring into me, giving me my flowers. Like, I know we're doing this on stage, but like people don't understand how much I rely on you as a person and your energy and everything that you give me as a friend. I'm just really grateful. Like, you don't understand. Like, because I know we both out here working. I tell Jamal this all the time. And, you know, my heart go get her friends. Like, I know y'all out here working. I don't I don't get jealous and upset when y'all don't call me back and don't take me back because I always see your ass working. <laughs> and it's like, I'm working too. And I kind of can't get upset when this person can't hang up, can't connect with me. And so, like, yeah, super proud of you. Super happy for you. Um, super grateful for you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And I love Ask that my so much. Honey. Okay. <laughs> And, you know, this just warms my heart because, like I said, I just get to see you. And I love how you mentioned, um, you know, I see you working, right? Like, so if you don't text back or if we don't get to talk, you know, when we do, when we want to, you know, we know the dynamic, right? We know that that both of us are working. And I... Hey, even I when I don't, that. even when I don't, I know stuff like this. It took work to get here. Yeah. It's going to take work after this. Yeah. And that's what I try to tell people all the time. What you see on screen, what you see in these entertainment, these entertainment industry lives, the people that are working. Yes, you teacher, you go into your thing in the teacher classroom. Yeah, but that event that I spent four months planning, there's yeah. a four month post mm -hmm. on this same event. Don't start with me. Yeah, I wasn't working all month, but honey, I'm working now, honey. So I right. get it. I get <laughs> I'm it. working now, honey. Okay, real quick for time run out. Give us some advice. Any advice? You have listeners. I know you're talking about your cousin. I always got the excuses. So any advice for people who just, who are chasing their dreams, don't know where to start, don't know what that entry point is, what advice do you have for them? Um, I've been waiting for this question. That's why I had to go look at my answer. I wanted to make sure I said it right. Say it right. Um, learn to trust yourself now. Like whatever point you're at in your life, learn to trust yourself now. Like I feel like in so many ways, especially us in the social media space, us, it's so hard to find we're overwhelmed with Zoom churches at this point. It's just like, ooh, Instagram pastors, like, ooh. Like, and again, like, I think I think it's just so important to learn to trust yourself now because there's so many, so many scenarios, so many moments 
in your life and your career path where you're going to have to make decisions and nobody is going to understand the decision that you need to make. Nobody. Like you can get so much advice. You can you can read into your words so much. You can you can connect to so many different things and you still be sitting there like, what the fuck do I do? Um, and so like learning to trust yourself, I think really just builds the stamina. It builds the confidence in being able to make good decisions. Um, and then it also just like on the back end saves you from feeling guilty about or saving you from regretting a decision that you've made um, because you trust yourself. Like you, you, you find that in, in yourself. You know, don't become too humble, too cocky to be able to be like, I can figure all this shit out on my own because I'm like that. But uh, having that true balance of like knowing, no, I think this is the best thing for me. And actually, I don't think I know it's the best thing for me right now. Um, so that's my advice to anyone younger, older, indifferent. Um, learning to trust yourself now. And and the reason I say now is because it doesn't matter if your your moment is coming up in five years, it doesn't matter if your, your moment is coming up in two weeks or 20 years. Like doing it now, learning to trust yourself now, making the decisions now will help you. Oh, and also adopt the do it right now mentality adopt the do it right now mentality. I learned that as an assistant, like I just got so much better as an assistant when it's like something comes up, do it now. Like that way we can go in for, we don't have to write it on the to-do list. We don't have to organize it on that job. If you need to make that call to an insurance company, make it now. Get on the <laughs> phone. Yeah. Everything else in your life can wait. So I think it's important to adopt a do it now mentality. Um, I think it's important to have that mentality so much so because like in there's so many parts and facets of life that if we don't kind of do it now or do it while it's on our mind it'll like slip through the cracks and that's just like with one part of life like that's just with one group of friends so that's what one group said like we haven't even started to break into family. We haven't started to break into work. We haven't started to break into personal. We haven't started to break. In, like there's so many things that you need to do now. There's the priority list in our lives can get so fucking long that when you adapt to do it right now mentality, not only does it remind you that there's something that needs to be done, you can get it done. Like you can do it. And so being able to, of course that comes with, that comes with in reason, like doing right now mentality probably doesn't work if you say, oh, I need to go to the doctor. Oh, shit. I can't go to the doctor right now. But I can schedule a doctor's appointment. I can do that right now. And I tell myself that all the time, even with I hate folding something as simple as small as folding clothes. I hate folding clothes. Like it's something like I'm cool with putting them in the wash. I'm cool with transition to the dryer. When they get back in my room, they're sitting. OK, they're going to sit. You're going to hang out. And so one day I told myself, yeah, I'm, about, I'm just going to, every time I, every time I think about it, I'm just going to fold a piece of clothes, a pair of clothes. I made that one notion, sat there and folded the whole basket. And so being able to make goals like that can kind of just catapult you to where you want to be or what you need to do. Um, so do, adopting a do it right now mentality is really strong piece of advice. I think um, a lot of people should follow. So, Love it. Do it now. Trust yourself and do it now. Do it right now. And you know, I can I can take that because I'm I definitely struggle with the folding clothes and a few other things. But, um, <laughs> that's good clothes, 
It's okay because one day, one day we gonna have staff that come in and fold our clothes for us. And it's like, do it now so you can help, so you can articulate, so you can learn how to talk to your staff people. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, because I need that. I need a clothes folder. I need a chef, a driver, a glam spot. My boss is amazing because he has all of that shit. And nanny. Like, my boss has five nannies that all work on a schedule. And he, and I'm, you know, I like to, I don't really like to do a lot of stuff in his house because I just honestly like to work and get out because I know if I, if I chill, that movie theater gonna be mine, okay? <laughs> that hot tub gonna be mine, okay? That outside kitchen, don't get, be surprised if I come in here with some hot dog buns and a hot dog roll because <laughs> no, but I'm serious. Like, no, we're gonna we're gonna get there. We're gonna we're gonna make it. And... We're gonna get there. I love that. Learn to trust yeah. yourself. I'm trusting that I'm gonna make it, and I'm gonna have five hands. <laughs> You might not need five. You might, I might not need. need I definitely. I ain't gonna do five, child. These kids ain't gonna know who's who. I'm the mama. Those are the nannies. No, but the thing about it is, and that's my boss. His kids, they, uh, they, they don't. They aren't like the traditional. Like let other people raise your families. Like mm. while they, like they are very much so staffers. While they have staffers, they're still real intentional about the stuff they do. I remember one day, um, we had this. My boss had this meeting with a guy that I thought was really important. Because, you know, when you're, when you're on the phone with these people, when you're on their calls, you can really, like, anticipate who's an important call that they need to get back to and who's not. So you kind of, like, develop these hierarchies. You could... Like, I feel like if I work with him for another year, a solid year, I can draw out his friend group. Like, I feel like I could be able to do that. Just because I'm always connecting with these folks. But one day, I'm just like... You've been trying to get this meeting on the schedule for like three, four weeks now. Like, why would we not take the meeting? He was like, because I need to pick up my kids. And I got another 18, 25, 30 years with them. I need to pick them up from daycare. So let's reschedule the meeting. And I was like, <laughs> okay, uh, sorry. But but in like hindsight, it made me go like, yeah, that's, that's actually a really important life decision that you should kind of make that you yeah. should kind of adjust for. So, but yeah, I don't think, he not, they're not like that. They're not like, like that typical. And their kids, they clean up after themselves. Um, the the gardeners, hell, his wife be out there with the gardeners. They be working like, they all the thing. <laughs> oh, She's I ain't doing supervisor. that. Mm-hmm. She's a supervisor and they all just the employees. <laughs> and here go me, on runs, going to get plants for the house. Like, it's just to be like, Yo, I got, I went to my phone the other day and I had 150 pictures of plants. <laughs> it's me and his, me and my boss's wife went back and forth about a party that he about to have. Um, and so yeah, back to the original point. Trust yourself. Do it now. Well, Mr. Marcus Furby, thank you so much for being a guest on Ask Maj's podcast. We appreciate, well, I appreciate you so much. Me and my production team, they in the back. <laughs> we appreciate you so much. I like so the chat in the back. I see you, bro. <laughs> That's my production team. We 
We appreciate you so much. And I, I wish you so much success. I can't wait to come out there. I know I keep saying I'm gonna come out there. I'm gonna come out there one day and come visit you. Uh, I know you believe in what you see. You believe in when I'm at LAX. I know. I know. It's three people. You, my mama, and my man. All three of y'all. I'm coming. out here yet. I'm gonna call you when I get to LAX. And I don't wanna hear you don't got no plans. Drop the plans. Tell your manager. Tell your manager you got something else to do. Cause I'm we gotta we gotta get dinner when you come out here. I gotta you, I gotta get us a nice restaurant. Honey, I need a whole itinerary since you do itineraries. Yeah. Oh yeah, I do that for pay. I do yeah. that for pay. Oh they well, pay. oh well, just dinner is nice. <laughs> just, a little dinner oh, right. just a little dinner works. <laughs> I ain't laughed like this in I don't know how long. So thank you. We gotta catch up. Look, thank you so much. Um, I might have to put some time on your calendar. Tell your assistant to put some time on your calendar so we can catch up. He said he's listening. He here. Oh, ooh, okay, assistant. Put some time on the calendar. I have my people call your people. First, thank you <laughs> so much. I appreciate you so much for doing this interview. And I hope that our listeners have taken something away that inspires them, motivates them, um, and, and pushes them to do it now. Yeah, yeah. Do it now by black. We are here. To do it now by black. Well, thank y'all for listening. Um, and we will catch you on the next season. I will catch you on the next season of at next season. Ooh, child, my mind is everywhere. It's late. It's time to go to bed. We'll catch you in the next episode of Eggs Maj the podcast. Thanks for listening. Let me get the mic. See y'all later. Bye. Let me stop. Maja. But you know, Maj for short. <laughs> Ask Maj.